Good morning, welcome to Shabbos, Lamed Ches, Shabbos, page 38. We're continuing the discussion of shahiyah, of leaving food on the stovetop before Shabbos. Let's say you have a soup that's uh, not fully cooked before Shabbos. The halacha is, according to the Chachamim, according to the rabbis, you are not allowed to leave that stove, that, that soup on your stovetop unless it's garif v'katam, if you either remove the coals or put ashes over it, or our modern-day equivalent would be to put a blech, a metal sheet, over the source of flame, then you're allowed to leave the soup on. But if you don't do that, it's usur, it's forbidden to do shahiyah, to leave that soup on your stovetop. But now the Gemara wants to know, well, let's say shachach, kider agabe kira, what happens if you did it? What happens if you did leave it on there? You forgot, and you left it on, you didn't take it off. What is the halacha? So the Gemara says as follows, when it comes to Bishal on Shabbos, literally cooking on Shabbos. Let's say I wake up on Shabbos morning and think I thought I, I thought it was Friday or whatever it is, and I literally cooked an egg on Friday morning. I fried an egg. So the halacha is as follows: If I did it intentionally, I knew it was Shabbos and I did it anyways, then that egg is forbidden. However, if I did it unintentionally, that egg is permitted. Now there's a question when we say it's permitted. If I do it unintentionally, is it permitted miyad right away? Or maybe I have to wait till after Shabbos. But either way, it's permitted. So then the question is, what would be the halacha here when you forgot? So what Reb Chia says is, when, when you did shahiyah, when you, when you left this, the pot, your soup, let's say, on the stove as Shabbos began, actually the halacha is, we are not going to make a distinction between whether you did it intentionally or not. And there's a debate, what does this actually mean? Does it mean that since this is only rabbinic, it's not actual cooking, it's just shahiyah. So therefore, it doesn't matter if it was intentional or not, that even if it was intentional, it'll be okay. That it's only a lechatil alecha. Don't leave your stove without a blech. Don't leave your stove without putting ashes on it or removing the, 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 the coals. But after the fact, if you did it, it's okay. That's one opinion. But the other opinion is actually, which is the way that we paskin, is that, no, we're actually more stringent when it comes to leaving food on than when it comes to outright cooking, even though leaving food on is only rabbinic. Uh, and we're going to say that whether you do it accidentally or intentionally, if you leave your soup on, it becomes forbidden. It's actually forbidden. Now, why did the rabbis, why were they more strict? And the Mar says because there was a zera, there was a decree that what happened that initially the halacha was, they said that if you unintentionally leave your, your soup on the stove, meaning you didn't put a blech, but it was an accident, then initially they said if it was intentional, you can't eat, but if it was an accident, you could. But then there were rabu, uh, the peop- there were many people who multiplied, uh, who actually did it intentionally, but claimed that they did it accidentally. They said that they were sheikhim, that they forgot it, and therefore the halacha was they had to be more stringent, and they had to actually say that even if you did it unintentionally, uh, you, it is going to become forbidden. If you unintentionally don't, don't put a blech on, your food is actually uh, forbidden. Uh, the Gemara goes on, and in the context has many definitions of what's, what's called mitzamek v'yofilo and mitzamek v'ralo. Uh, what, if you continue to cook it, will it, will it, will it be enhanced? And what will not be enhanced? Because again, we said that according to the Chacham, even according to the Chacham that say you can't do Shehiyah, but once the food is mitzamek viralo, if it's getting bad, then the Allah says you are allowed to leave it on. 
But what is the definition? So when it comes to water that's been fully heated, it's by definition with stomach viralo, because you don't actually want it. The more you leave it on, the more evaporation takes place. But when it comes to many cooked foods, it's actually with stomach viralo, it actually gets better. And one example that the Gemara gave was kind of surprising was if you have eggs, the more you cook them, actually the tastier they become, and therefore they're always considered with stomach viralo. Then the Gemara turns to the topic of what's called chazara, of putting food back on. And it says, so let's say I take, let's say I serve my soup on Friday night, but then I say, you know what, I want to have it later on at 10 o'clock at night. Can I put this pot back on? And the Gemara says, you could do this. You could do chazara as long as it's, uh, the coals are removed or as long as there's a blech, you're allowed to put it back on. But there are some conditions. Condition number, first of all, we say you could even do this on Shabbos, even though on Shabbos you might think you can't because you're not intending to put it back on because lunch is already here. But it's Friday night, there's more of a reason to say you put it back. But we say you could even do it on Shabbos. But when you put it back, so this is very important. Let's say you have Friday night shalt or you have soup and you want to put it back on. You can do it, but the rules are it has to be odam biyado. You still have to be holding it in your hand. And you have to have intention that you're going to put it back on. And you cannot put it on the karka on the ground. Now, other people debate some of those conditions, but that those are conditions laid on the mark. Finally, we have the Mishnah that talks about the difference between the three things. And the three kinds of, uh, of cooking utensils. There's the kira, which is um, a space for two pots. There's the kupach, which only has space for one. And then there's the tanner, which is the hottest of the three, which is on the bottom, it's wide, but on the top, all the heat concentrates. And therefore, we have more stringencies of the tanner over the other two. The tanner, even if it's heated up with kash or with, with straw and stubble, you're not allowed to do shahir, you can't do hazara. Okay, that concludes Daklam and Tess. We'll continue tomorrow with Daklam and Tess.